On Friday, July 8th, AFM Radio and the team from Talking Space broadcast the final launch of the Space Shuttle Atlantis and the very last launch of a NASA shuttle. This is a rebroadcast of that live historic event. Listening to Astronomy FM's AFM Radio, where real geeks get their space on. This is a live broadcast with the team of Talking Space on the Voice of Astronomy, Astronomy FM. One step in this long progress. It's been a team effort by us all the way. We're but part of the whole team has worked so hard. The shuttle era will come to an end. But they won't stop inspiring, and they won't stop being a part of the fabric of America. We choose to go to the moon. is the Astronomy.fm Talking Space Radio Network. We welcome our affiliate radio stations from coast to coast here in the United States, as well as around the world. Good morning. The time is now 11.15 a.m. United States Eastern Time, and we are standing by for an historic space event, the last shuttle launch, the flight of Atlantis. We now go live to NASA's Kennedy Space Center. Uh, if you give me, if you call me at the end, I would appreciate it. Stand by. Yes, sir, we'll call you later. Myla. Myla, SGM. SGM is good. Safety console. This console is gone. FTE. FTE is go. LRD. LRD is go. SRO. SRO is go. You have a range clear launch. And CDR. CDR is go. And launch director NTD, our launch team is ready to proceed with the exception of flight, who still needs a little bit more time to make his evaluations on uh, RTLS weather. I copy that. I'll do my poll at this time. KC Chief Processing Engineer, verify no constraints to launch. No constraints. Payload Launch Manager. Hey, Mike, on behalf of the ISS Ground Processing Team, want to say thanks to you and the shuttle team. Range weather. Launch weather has no constraints to launch. Thank you, Kathy. Atlantis Flow Director. On behalf of Atlantis the KSC Shuttle Processing Team, we are go. Thank you, Angie. Ops Manager. Mike, uh, waiting to get final go from flight here. Let, let's hear what he says, and we'll get back to you. Copy that. Atlantis Launch Director, air to ground one. Atlantis go. Starting to feel pretty good down here on the ground about this one today. So, on behalf of the greatest team in the world, uh, good luck to you and your crew on the final fly of this true American icon. Great All right, and welcome everybody to coverage of the final space shuttle mission. This is the STS 135 mission, it is the final scheduled flight of the space shuttle program. You are with the team of a show called Talking Space. 
This is being simulcast throughout the world on all of our partnering radio stations, and we welcome you and thank you for joining us. It is also being covered on the website Astronomy FM, and if you are joining us from there, we welcome you as well. I am Sawyer Rosenstein, and joining me here at the KSC press site is Gene McCulka. Pleasure to be here, Sawyer. Also joining us is Gina Hurley. I am here. <laughs> thank you for joining us. And Mark Ratterman as well. Glad to be here. Good to be at KSC for this historic day. All right, so what you just tuned into, what happened a couple of seconds ago, was that we just got the clear from the mission controllers in Houston as well as the Launch Control Center, which is located right here at the Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida. And they just gave a go for launch on all options as of right now. The only thing that they had to do is they will go back to Houston a little bit later, but as of right now, there are currently no constraints to launch, both technical and weather, which has been a huge concern for the last couple of days. In fact, it was 70% no-go the last couple of days, and uh, it looks like they're going to go, because as of right now, the sky is clearing. It is the mid to high 80 degrees Fahrenheit here at the Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida. There's a nice clearing coming out over the launch pad. This mission is a 12-day mission to the International Space Station. It is a four-person crew, and will be carrying up supplies in the multi-purpose logistics module called Raffaello to the International Space Station, which will help it out for a year while the shuttle program winds down. Yeah, uh, while we were in the break there, Sawyer, uh, uh, Shuttle Commander Chris Ferguson, after uh, Mike, Lonbach, Mike Leinbach, the, uh, the shuttle launch director, basically gave him the uh, go to, uh, for launch, uh, Chris Ferguson basically said uh, that uh, we are completing a chapter in a story that basically will never end. And uh, we salute those who gave their their hearts, their souls, and their lives to the cause of exploration and said that uh, Atlantis is go for launch. That was a paraphrase, but uh, uh, they're very strong words. And it kind of reminded me, too, of uh, uh, Mark Kelly's words, the same, the same thing. He basically said that it's in the DNA of, our, uh, of us human beings to explore, and we must not stop. And hopefully today is not an end, but again, the end of, end of the first chapter. And the clock is about to start. There is a scheduled hold at T minus nine. It will restart on the mark. And two, one. We are at T minus nine minutes and counting until the final launch of the space shuttle program. It is really getting close to it. The noise, the voices that you are hearing in the background is the voice of George Diller, who is the public affairs officer for NASA here. He's currently located at the Kennedy Space Center, and he will be taking control of the uh, describing of the launch. Up until the shuttle clears the tower, at that point, it will then go over to Mission Control in Houston. So if you hear that in the background, that would just be NASA Mission Control updating us on what's going on. So the clock is now counting down towards the scheduled launch, which is the final launch of the space shuttle program. This is aboard Space Shuttle Atlantis. I was here for the STS-1 launch on April 12th of 1981, and... Uh, Came down just on the spur of the moment, found a place alongside the Indian River on US-1 in Titusville, parked the truck uh, around midnight that night, crawled in the back, slept for a few hours, got up the next morning, you could see the pad straight across the water, and had the thrill of the first launch of the shuttle. And uh, just two days before that, I was also here, but met a cousin from out of town, and we were thrilled to see the first scrub of the shuttle program. And uh, there's nothing like a countdown that that goes all the way to zero when you get to see that moment. And STS-1 was something that was really special. Missed a lot of them in between, lived in Florida the whole time. But uh, we're here now, and I know there's a lot of visitors here. And uh, congratulations to everybody that made it. And 
Go Atlantis. Indeed, go Atlantis. This is the 135th ever space shuttle mission. And uh, shuttle Atlantis first took off in 1985. And uh, she has served the country well, doing multiple missions as well to Mir and the International Space Station, as well as bringing up some extremely important satellites and doing some great repairs up there, too. So Atlantis has been a great vehicle to the space shuttle program. was one of three of the current operational orbiters. The other two have flown their last missions already, and this is the final flight for Atlantis and the shuttle program. So they will be uh, taking up supplies and also an interesting refueling mission, which we were just talking a little bit about before. Gene, if you could summarize that for us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, real quick. Um, this particular uh, experiment is basically going ahead and trying to see if you can refuel satellites on orbit. It's essentially a small box that will be attached to the International Space Station. And Dexter will go ahead and be leveraged to uh, test this. And De Dexter is uh, the Canadian robotic arm. And uh, what it will do is it will go ahead and uh, take uh, different inputs that uh, represent different inputs on satellites and try to see if it can hook up to it. This would go ahead and start a whole new industry for uh, refueling satellites on orbit. So this is a four-person crew, which is the first time since 1983 aboard the Space Shuttle Challenger that it has only been four people on board a crew. The commander of this mission is Chris Ferguson, and uh, every single one of these astronauts has actually flown before, which is, uh, you know, a nice thing to have so that way everybody has experience. So... On board this flight is Commander Chris Ferguson. On board also is Doug Hurley, Sandy Magnus, and Rex Walheim. And those are the astronauts who will be on STS-135's mission to the station. Yeah, Sawyer, the reason why you've got a four-person crew is they want to go ahead and restrict that. Um, restrict the crew on here because, again, there is no you know, uh, orbiter that can come to the rescue should Atlantis run into issue over there. So the idea is to go ahead and uh, use the uh, Russian Soyuz to go ahead and bring the crew back should they uh, need to, uh, to do that. But uh, that is, again, a, a highly unlikely event that that will occur. So, but, they, but you have to have a backup plan. Exactly. And uh, so just in case, that's why it's the four-person crew, which is a nice thing to have. We are at the T-minus five-minute mark. We just passed that. And uh, launch is currently on schedule for 11.26 a.m. Eastern Time, which is 15.26 Universal Time. We'll keep going, updating you on what's going on, which very shortly they will be stopping the fueling and bringing it to onboard computers on board Atlantis. We'll take control as well as power on board. After that, what will happen is they will work on getting the fuel tanks. Those will be totaled off at the top, and they will remove the beanie cap, which fills it up. And at T-minus 31 seconds is when it goes to onboard power. And auto sequence start is basically what will be launched, and they have to go for that. So everything moving along really well so far and really fast. And uh, we are looking great for a launch coming up in the next three minutes. So they're now doing what's called gimbling the engines. And doing so, they'll do is they will rotate them in all different directions to make sure when it comes to flight that they can steer the vehicle. And uh, once they finish that, what will happen is they will go into their most outward position, which is what they will remain in for launch. At this point, what we're going to do is we'll give you brief updates. Uh, it will be me the rest of the way, as well as NASA public affairs officers. So you will be hearing that. I'll give you an update. And uh, at T-minus one minute is when I will cease talking. We'll let them take over. And uh, we will enjoy a launch, and I will join you after it clears the tower. So the engines are in the start position, as I was just mentioning, where they will be all the way outward. 
You can hear a little bit now the engines and the auto and the APUs, which are the power units. You'll hear those as well. So now it's the beanie cap, which is the gaseous oxygen vent cap there, and they will take that off, and that will retract away since the fuel tanks are now topped off. What they're doing now is clearing the computer memory of any problems that occur uh, at any point, so that way they're starting fresh for launch. So taking a look at everything now at the pad, everything is looking great. No unexpected errors, which means everything's looking great. The beanie cap is retracted, which means it's on its own fuel at this point. There is no more topping off. Close the lock and visors. It's the call where it'll start O2 flow into their suit so that they can uh, breathe in case of an accident. It will pressurize their suit. We're at two minutes to launch now. And those suits are the bright orange pumpkin suits, as they're called, which they wear in case on entry as well as launch. Solid rocket booster cameras being activated. They're turning on all the cameras now on board the vehicle, which there are a lot of them on the vehicle. I don't have an exact number, but it is a large number. And we are coming close to launch again at T-minus one minute. I will hand you over to George Diller, the NASA Public Affairs Officer, who will help us out as we get ready to launch Atlantis on the final space shuttle launch ever. Everything is still looking good at this point for the launch. Blue skies, a little bit of clouds above us, but otherwise it is perfectly clear for a launch. It will start with the main engines igniting, the sound suppression water system, which quiets the launch as it shoots into the, uh, the launch pad itself to help quiet the noise and to stop the shuttle from breaking itself apart from the vibrations. T-minus one minute. T-minus one minute. I will hand you over to Mission Control now, the Launch Control Center, and uh, I will join you after it clears the tower, so enjoy the launch, and you will also hear the audio directly from our microphones as it climbs. T-minus 40 seconds, heading off to Atlantis, 40 seconds, T-minus 31. 35, 33. T-minus 31 seconds due to a failure. Yeah, we have a failure. Grand lock sequencer. Just so you know, those are the actual controllers you're hearing. It appears as if there was a minor issue of something fully retracting, so they're, they just confirmed that, so they should restart shortly. That's correct. And NCD, FTD concurs. They satisfy the requirements of GSC 13 prepackaged NCI and go. Okay, I got an analog present. Yes, sir. Her all up. Concur. Press on. All right, very good. NCD, FT. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I need concurrence to GLS and ask to clear the hold, please. Very good. GLS, you have concurrence. Go. Copy that. It's in work. Thank you. Let us know when that's complete. He says, when we are done, our mics will still be hot. All right, guys. All right, so it looks like they're resolving a minor issue that they had with something not fully retracting, and after double-checking, it is not a constraint. Which means that they are go. They're just going to reset the clock to 3 minutes, 16 seconds, so I will rejoin you once again as we re-encounter some of it. We're ready to go. All right, very good. 
The crowd here heard that ready to go, and there was a few whoops and hollers. A few. There was a lot of them. All right, so they have resumed with auto sequence start. Here we go. It's on onboard computers of Atlantis, and we'll let you hear from. Firing chain is off. Here we go. Go for main engine start. T minus ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. The final liftoff of Atlantis. Shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And there it goes. The shuttle is cleared. It's doing its roll program, which means it's rolling to the other side so that it may get onto it. And we'll hear the sound here in a second. What you're hearing now on the microphone is the actual audio as it reaches us at the press site. It's on a delay, so you'll hear it getting really loud. There it goes. The crackling that you hear, if you can even hear it, the crackling that you're hearing is actually sonic booms as the sound actually gets past that point. We're at T plus 30. It is through the clouds here, which means we have just very little sight of it. But you can still feel and hear it as it climbs its way to orbit. Everything is on track and working fine. The final space shuttle mission is underway, and Atlantis is heading with the meetup to the International Space Station. So all the best of luck to the crew, and we'll keep you up to date as it goes. Now there's a huge plume here at the uh, Kennedy Space Center press site of where the shuttle was, and we'll keep an update as it goes up. Go at throttle up. Engines will go to 104% of their rated power, which is normal. And there we go. There was a minor issue, but it's not a problem. And it has gone at throttle up, which is at 104% of its main power. So what it will do now, at, at 2 minutes and 5 seconds, it will jettison the solid rocket boosters, the two white boosters on the side, that will get it where it needs to go up into orbit. So that's going up now. That should happen in a couple of seconds. They'll break away and they'll fall back into the Atlantic Ocean for recovery. So far, everything's looking great in the flight. We should have solid rocket booster separation confirmation within the next couple of seconds. Now, that was no practice. Confirmed staging of good solid rocket booster separation. Guidance now converging. The main engine steering the shuttle on a pinpoint path to its preliminary orbit. Two minutes, 20 seconds into the flight. Atlantis already traveling 3,200 miles an hour, 35 miles in altitude, 50 miles downrange. So there it goes. It, the solid rocket booster is separated. Officer reports the orbital maneuvering system engines have ignited. Atlantis kicking on its afterburners for 1 minute, 23 seconds for the final phase of powered flight. So this is the final time that we'll see that, and the solid rocket boosters will fall in. Two engine towel means that they can go to a transatlantic abort site if, with still two engines if they go down. Contingency, you're in plane plus 230 on the ECAL page. No comm VIs when you're ready to copy. Okay, airplane plus 230, go ahead. Press the ATO, 10 decimal 8. They're just giving them some updates on uh, timings and events that are going on. 
That's a good read back, Atlantis. Because of the slightly late launch time, Capcom Barry Wilmore reading up to pilot Doug Hurley the updated abort boundaries for Atlantis, which is flying on the singular power of its three liquid fuel main engines, draining a half a ton of fuel per second from the shuttle's large fuel tank. Three and a half minutes into the flight, Atlantis traveling 4,200 miles an hour. So already 4,200 miles per hour, which is fast. It needs to get 17,500 to achieve orbital velocity, which will put it into orbit. That means that everything is working. There are currently no problems, and it is on its way as of right now. We are climbing to a perfect orbit to meet up with the International Space Station on launch day on uh, day three. They are not coming back to the Kennedy Space Center with negative return. And that indicates four excited astronauts and uh, more than a few dozen that are on the ground wishing they were in their seats. That means that uh, everything is working good. So if there is an issue, they can go to other sites, but they're not coming back here to the uh, Kennedy Space Center, as that call means all everything is looking good. They would go overseas if need be, but everything's great so far. 62 miles in altitude, almost 200 miles downrange. All right, we are about 200 miles downrange from the Kennedy Space Center. It needs The altitude is going to be over 50 miles, because what uh, the space station is a little over 200. At 50 miles is the official boundary of space. And so it is currently climbing on its way. All engines looking good. All auxiliary power units looking good. Coming up on the five-minute mark. At eight and a half minutes is when it will separate the large orange external tank. But for right now, everything is great as it gets to that point, which is called MECO, by the way, main engine cutoff. 50 miles downrange. Already 250 miles away from here. ATO. ATO. That call indicating we can make minimal orbital targets in the event of an engine failure. All three engines. So that's also known as press to orbit, which is a, a less orbit than expected, but it can still get into space. So at this point, it looks like no matter what, it will hopefully be going on its way into space for its 12-day mission. Into the flight, Atlantis traveling 7,700 miles an hour, 315 miles downrange. So landing is currently scheduled for July 20th, which means they can still make it into orbit with a single engine failure. The guidance officer here in Mission Control confirms that the computers are commanding the main engines to swivel. 104. We've rolled to a heads-up position now, providing better communication. So it's back heads-up now, and uh, which it rolled when it came off the pad to go the other direction. Now it's going back. And what it means is that if it can go to Zaragoza, Spain still, in the event of uh, an engine failure, which everything is looking great so far, all engines working. Prestamico is the call that everybody loves to hear, which means that no matter what, it will head into its assigned orbit for a scheduled mission. Orbital cutoff targets in the event of an engine failure. However, all three main engines continue to function normally. Three engines good, three APUs good. Everything on this flight is looking phenomenal as it climbs up. It's approaching a... Go for the plus X, go for the pitch. That means that... Uh, Everything is go for once they get into orbit so far. Uh, that we will be in good shape uh, for the uh, orientation of Atlantis for external tank uh, photography following main engine cutoff. Now seven minutes into the flight. At eight and a half minutes, about a minute and a half from now is when the large orange yep, external tank will be used up. At that point, they will let it go. And from there, a minute 20. And just for fun, I saw a launch. I live about 160 miles north of Kennedy Space Center, a little bit to the west. <laughs> and I saw a launch one time that was at night. 
and uh, virtually watch the entire thing to within about the point you just heard called one minute from main engine cutoff. The uh, shuttle, when it was a night launch, it arced across the sky, descended towards the horizon as I saw it, and uh, then I lost it down at the horizon in the trees. And that was a thrill, an absolute thrill to see the launch and the flight that long. One more minute of this final ever space shuttle launch. The program started April 12, 1981 with STS-1 successful launch. Good auxiliary power units. And that was a two-day mission on the Space Shuttle Columbia. Now the Space Shuttle Atlantis will close it out. At eight and a half minutes again, it will separate. And from there... It's now traveling more than 15,000 miles an hour. 15,000 again. 17,500 will be its final speed, which it will use some boost when it's up there to get that speed. It'll burn its engines. And we are close to external tank separation in which it will burn up the in the atmosphere. By from main engine cutoff. That'll be followed a few seconds later by the separation of the external fuel tank. So shut off five seconds later, that separates. And then at the same time, they will perform an engine burn while the astronauts on board use a camera to observe it to look for any major foam loss. Main engine cutoff. For the last time, the space shuttle's main engines have fallen. Here we go. And let's wait for external tank separation with that. The final chapter of a storied 30-year adventure. Now standing by for external tank separation. And with this, this will put Atlantis successfully in her final orbit. And with that, we have external tank separation. The interesting thing about this particular uh, external tank is that it contains a camera, so it will go ahead and record its uh, uh, descent as well into the uh, Indian Ocean. So, again, the external tank is the only part of the shuttle system that is not reusable. And we've never had this video before, so this is also a, a unique component of this mission. Because since Columbia in 2003, when that was lost due to foam loss, they added a camera into the external tank. But it usually cuts off after about a minute after external separation. This one is scheduled to be even longer than that. And it was amazing to see the shuttle as it went into the sky, literally. Day became the brightest day I've ever seen. It was very bright tail of the flames as it came down. And as it went up, it was spectacular. Now there is the large plume coming straight from the pad, going right up into the clouds. It looks almost like a speech bubble that you would see in a cartoon as it goes up from the pad and up into the sky to show where Atlantis went on her final flight and the final flight of the space shuttle program. And it was a beautiful final launch. And, of course, we're going to wish all the best of luck to the crew and uh, everybody on their 12-day mission. I think I've heard people say that see many launches, that each one is different in some slight ways. And uh, this one certainly was from the last one that we saw here at KSC, where it disappeared after 20 seconds. We had a nice good climb that we got to observe, and uh, the sound, as always, is just phenomenal when you're this close. What we're going to do in the meantime is we are going to get some first impressions from a couple of people after we come back. In the meantime, though... This is coverage of the final space shuttle flight, and it was a beautiful flight indeed. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this flight, seeing it? Because uh, you've seen a bunch, but what did you think of this one? You know, it never fails to amaze me, the sound and the brightness and just when the sound wave hits you. I mean, you physically feel it if you were close enough to feel it. Here, 3.1 miles away from the launch pad. It's it's a multi-sensory experience. I know, it, because it's not only just, you know, the sound that you hear with the crackling and the uh, sonic boom, but your chest literally vibrates just from it. And if it wasn't for the, uh, the sound suppression water system, which lowers the volume, let's just say we would have a lot of shattered windows and a lot of people who would not be hearing too well right now. But, and even the orbiter itself probably wouldn't be able to sustain that. But it's on its way to orbit. 
And uh, it was a beautiful launch. And uh, we're going to come back on Astronomy FM if you would uh, like to join us. For right now, though, we have an interview with a first-time shuttle viewer. So if you could please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, um, Lucy Rogers, at Dr. Lucy Rogers. So you were here with the uh, tweet-up event, right? Yep. Um, I came along to see Endeavour in April. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go up when I was here, and I was fortunate enough to be invited back to come and see this one. Well, we're glad you did. And uh, what was your reaction when you saw the shuttle go up and uh, actually get to see it? Um, first of all, surprised that it was going, um, because this morning when I came here, I didn't expect it to come down at all. I didn't expect it to go up at all. Um, and then just breathtaking, wow. Um, I was expecting the noise. I wasn't sure if the trembling was through my feet or, or everything, just all the sound coming through the ground. You know, my legs were trembling. And I just saw, yeah, very bright shuttle going up. Amazing. And what do you think of, like, the feel of the launch and the sound of it? Because, you know, the, the sight is something, but the extra things that most people don't get to experience on TV or radio, what yeah. was that like? The, the sound was amazing. Um, there was the crackle, um, actually, that I heard on, on Talking Space after 134 went up. Um, yeah, the, the crackling that you heard on the, on the microphone there. That's what it was like. All right, well, thank you very much for coming and talking with us. And we'd also like to thank everybody who listened to us through their radio affiliates. We thank you for tuning in to us. So let's thank everybody for joining us here from Talking Space. Thank you, Gene McCulka. Thank you, Sawyer. And Godspeed Atlantis. Come home safe. Thank you as well, Gina Hurley. Godspeed Atlantis and her crew. Thank you as well, Mark Ratterman. And it's a thrill. It's a thrill. It's an honor. And everybody should be proud of what's accomplished here today. We'll be continuing our coverage on Astronomy FM, but for now, let's turn it over to Michael Forrester, and uh, he'll take us out. Thanks, Sawyer. This is Michael Forrester back at AFM Radio Mission Control. This concludes our radio broadcast of the historic launch of the last shuttle flight, Atlantis, now in orbit. But we will continue our internet broadcast. We invite you to listen in there on our website, astronomy.afm. Before we go, I'd like to thank our affiliate radio stations in the AFM Talking Space Network. First and foremost, a big thank you to WNMC in Northern Michigan, who are kindly providing the studios for us to originate this global broadcast. Our other member stations, WPRR in Grand Rapids, Michigan, KGNU in Denver, Colorado, KCXI in Tucson, Arizona, KMUD in Sonoma, California, KBOO in Portland, Oregon, KMNF in Tampa, Florida, WORT in Madison, Wisconsin, WERU in Bangor, Maine, in Queensland, Australia, 4WBR, in Hamilton, Canada, CFMU, and in Sudbury, Canada, CFLR. You have been listening to The Voice of Astronomy, and we're glad to have you here on this historic day. Thanks for listening. This concludes our network broadcast of the historic flight of the last shuttle, Atlantis. We now return to our local affiliates. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening to our broadcast on our internet feed on astronomy.fm radio, stand by. Live coverage will resume in three minutes. Go Atlantis! <laughs>